It's Sunday, June 18th, and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome to episode 10 of The Candid Frame. When I started the show back in February, a big part of it I knew was going to be about interviewing professional photographers, photographers who've had careers that have spanned 5, 10, 15 or more years, photographers whose whose names and pictures were, we commonly have the opportunity to see in, in magazines. But I also wanted this podcast to be about emerging photographers, photographers who whose names may not be a household name and whose work may not be familiar to thousands and thousands of people, but whose work is still exceptional and exciting. And today's guest is just that. I came to find Tara Whitney's images as a result of images that were posted onto a blog. A friend of mine, who was a writer, had had Tara photograph some family portraits for her. And uh, when I saw the images posted on this woman's blog, I was really amazed at what I saw. I was even became even more amazed when I found out that Tara has not been shooting for that long and that her work is done with no assistance, with no extensive lighting crew. It's just her, her camera, and some very cooperative models. And when you get a chance to see her photographs, I think you'll be equally amazed, particularly about how simply that she works. Um, these are not the stilted, formal family portraits that most of us are probably accustomed to. These images are very fun to look at. And it really captures, and they really capture the the love, the affection, the affinity that these people have for each other, whether they're you know, adults or kids or grandchildren. When you put them all together, shooting that many people is a challenge. If you've never shot it, believe me, it can be very difficult. But the fact that Tara makes it seem so easy is a testament not only to her personality, but to her skills as a photographer. So I think you guys are going to be very excited about your, what you're about to hear. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Tara Whitney. Thank you for taking the time this morning to talk to me. I really appreciate it. No problem. I'm really excited to do it. And forgive me if one of my kids comes in the room and... That's okay. Ask for mommy's help. <laughs> well, them that's the wonder about podcasts. Leave me alone. That's the wonder about podcasts. It's like the unpredictable is completely acceptable. Right. So let's start off by um, telling me how you got into photography. How long have you? How long have you been shooting? Well, I guess um, as most people would probably say that they started when they were really young or had an interest from the beginning, and I just remember being a little kid and begging my mom to be the vacation, the family vacation photographer, and begging her to let me have the camera the whole time, and um, so I think I always had an interest, and then as I got older, I got better cameras, but they were always point-and-shoot varieties, and would play around with my friends, and I think I always had a little bit more of an interest than the other kids that might have had a camera, and then... um, uh, when my son, when one of my kids was about, uh, was a baby, actually, my husband got me the Canon Rebel for Christmas, and we were so poor at the time, 
and I was immersed in mommyhood and I had the baby was my third baby and I was kind of feeling lonely and unappreciated and I wasn't really sure what was going on in my life and he knew, my husband knew that I had this love and passion for photography and I'd never really been able to afford better equipment to capture my babies the way I wanted to or move forward with it and he surprised me and got me the Canon Rebel for Christmas and he told me to follow my dream and go for it and so that was about seven years ago and so I guess that was when I learned how to use an SLR camera. I took a couple of classes, just, you know, beginner photography to actually know how to use aperture and shutter speeds and manual and um, learn lighting techniques and posing techniques and then just kind of went from there and shot a lot of film <laughs> and I got everything printed at my one-hour lab at Walmart and the lab techs knew me and loved me and they would always do a great job on my pictures and um, I had a really cool setup at Walmart. It was really nice and then um, I kind of moved on from there just with lots of experience and lots of film and um, oh go ahead. Yeah, what's, what was really amazing is is looking at the, the quality of your images um, and then discovering how simple you work. Um, you know, I take a look at the at the photographs and I imagine that you're you were working with models, but in reality you're working with, with normal people. But it I looks am. like that, that the production values of this are are so high. Um so it, it seems like it's really the way you work is primarily out of necessity. Right, right. Definitely. I always have. I'm a very simple person. Keep things really simple, you know, the bare bones of what we need. And I was a really staunch film hippie. I was really adamant about staying film. And my husband surprised me again, completely out of the blue, and threw this huge party for me. And it was kind of like a... Tara Whitney Gallery with my friends and family and he had photos enlarged and he surprised me with the Canon 10D. And I would never have bought myself a digital camera and I was kind of hesitant, but once I started, I'd never looked back. Mm. And I actually haven't shot a roll of film since and that was well, three years ago. Well, one so, of the things I, I wanted to talk to you about was was um, the way that you work with people because it really, it really comes through in all of the images that that you shoot of these these families, and um, it was I want to hear about how you you work with them because you, you you'll either go to their homes or you'll you'll pick a location, and I think right. it can be challenging to take a portrait just of an individual, but you're often working with with complete families. And right. what's what's your what's your style? What's your technique technique for evoking sort of a a natural to get the naturalness of, of these people? Well, you know, that's <laughs> a good question. It's funny because I'm actually a very shy person in real life. I, I'm not good with small talk. I'm not good in, you know, I, I kind of cling to people that I know at parties. Um, and so it's really funny that I'm doing this because you really have to step outside of yourself and get really deep with these people that you've just met. It's very intimate. And I guess that's part of why I like it because I, I don't like small talk situations. I don't like talking about the weather and stuff. I'd rather get deep and get to the heart of the matter and really get to know a person. So I think that's what I try to do. And people have always told me that I'm very friendly, I'm very likable, you know, I, 
I can, and I'm also very adaptable. I can hang out with anybody. I can really be friends with anybody. And I think that really helps too. Um, and then also I'm just a mom. You know, I have four kids. They, I relate to them. I relate to families and how they interact. And I'm fascinated by how families interact with each other. So I guess, you know, I'm really just myself. I'm goofy. I'm normal. I'm, I click with them. And at the beginning of a shoot, I always tell them what I expect. And usually it's the moms who book the shoot. And so they know my style, and that's why they come to me, because they want a more interactive photo and not the typical standing pose, you know, portrait work. So I start out by just explaining kind of what I want out of them and that I want them to have fun and I want them to interact and I don't want them to tell the kids what to do. No saying, say cheese or look at Tara or listen to Tara. I, just, mm-hmm. I want everybody to be very natural and, um, and have fun. And I always tell the kids I have two rules. One, no fake smiles. And two, you have to have fun. So I do whatever I have to do to make those kids laugh. <laughs> I'll stoop to any level. So I think, I don't know, I guess I get lucky. I also get lucky with my clients because everybody's just been fabulous and so fun and so willing to play with me and just kind of go for it. Yeah. Since since it's the, the, the wives and the mothers who are often uh, booking you, who who have you found to be more of the challenge, the husbands or the kids? The husbands, for sure. <laughs> Isn't that always the case, though? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, dads are usually just there because mama wants it. And some dads are harder than others, I will admit, but usually I can get them to warm up to me. So, yeah, but usually it's the dads that always intimidate me the most. Yeah. Because I can be silly with kids and I can friend mom but I always wonder is that dad thinking I'm just some crazy moon <laughs> it, it, the, the whole family dynamic is a really interesting one I, I know you were commenting on your blog uh, about your own family and looking at the pictures and looking at you know body language and facial expression to kind of get an understanding of it but right. do you find that 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 when you're shooting a large group that like there's one per- key person that if you can win over everyone else kind of Kind of falls it falls in the line. Hmm, that's a really interesting question. Um, huh? I guess it would be. I mean, you definitely have to connect to the kids because kids are they have their own agenda. Especially if you're at the beach or something, they're ready to go play. And if you need them to do something, um, they need to like you and, and want to please you. And so I think that definitely you have to start with the kids and. Um, just, I guess I also have experience because I have my own kids and I worked in the preschool as a, an older teenager and so I've always been around kids and I've always been good with kids. So it's definitely the kids. You've got to get them to, to like you and mm-hmm. want to have fun with you. And I look at it as going and playing with them, not as making them do something they don't want to do. But I think you also have to know when to take a picture. Because a lot of times things will be happening and most people wouldn't shoot it. They would wait for a certain, you know, they would wait for people to all be looking or for it to be, look more traditional. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I feel like I can see something that 
I would want captured was my own family. And I nag it when I can. Yeah. Well, that really comes across in, in all the photographs that I was looking at uh, on, on your site. The great thing about uh, I like about your work is that you're working primarily in, 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 in available light. But what right. what really strikes me is the fact that a lot of your images are very high key. Um, most most family photographs are often, you know, trying to capture an entire tonal range, like you know, rich blacks, uh, healthy midtones, and you know, and highlights with no detail loss. But you you kind of work on the on the high highlight extreme, and I really right. think you do that uh, effectively because even with the blown out you know whites and highlights in the images, my attention still is focused on on the subjects that you're photographing and I was how did you come to that particular style and what, what's your affinity for that particular look huh I think it is because it's different and um, I don't know I've always been drawn to more commercial images and color and just something different I've always been a fan of a really crazy crop or something that is breaking the rules you know, um, half of a face or, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of chopped foreheads. <laughs> like a lot of people always say, why did you chop my forehead off? So I think I just always kind of like something different because um, it stands out and it makes you look twice and particularly with family shoots because there's not a whole lot you can do with a family to make it look cool. You know, it's mostly... So many family shoots out there are so cheesy, mm-hmm. where everybody's just like, "Oh, let's all sit in the stand and and wear our matching jeans and white shirt," and it's just so overdone. And I wouldn't be happy with a portrait like that of my family because that's not real life. And so I think that it, another thing that I really like is I feel like the colors and the brightness evokes a really happy kind of carefree and, and almost kind of a rock star kind of coolness that it adds to it. And mm-hmm. so I think families like to see themselves like that too because it's it's different and it's not your typical snapshot. So that's just, I kind of just went for it and I'm really glad that people like it because I like it so much. Yeah, and it's really interesting how you use a really shallow depth of field uh, to, to great effect with with the portraits, and and also the, the sort of unusual angles you sometimes take uh, with your photographs. So I guess that's a big part of that of, of going out to the extremes. Right, just doing something different to give a family a different look than that's already out there. Um, that's really what I want to do is just kind of break the rules a little bit and still make it look good because that. I mean, I know the rules. I know the rules of photography. I know you're not supposed to cut off a foot or, um, you know, the horizon needs to be straight, all that stuff, no blown-out whites and no blown-out faces. But I think that with my work, it almost adds to the emotion of it and the movement and the freedom and just the carefree kind of fun nature of a family at the beach or a family at home jumping on the bed or cuddling, you know. Families are off-kilter and families are kind of crazy at times and I think it's important to show that and not the kind of um, cement fake portraits of people sitting in a chair with 
10 people around them looking at the camera. I don't know. I, just, I don't think that's what I will want to see um, someday of my own family. I'm going to want to see all the kids piled on the couch with, you know, their tongues sticking out and feet and hands everywhere overlapping and dirty faces and what it was really like for them to grow up. I want to be able to remember that when I'm 80. I want to be able to look back and see that, what our family was really like. Yeah. Not perfectly poised with perfect hair and no wrinkles and real life. Yeah, your images are a real great example of, of, of you know, there are a lot of photographers out there who follow the rules, but their images as a result, you know, feel very hollow. And then your images are breaking the rules in a lot of respects that you've already indicated, you know, by you know, off kilter compositions, uh, highlights right. being blown out, but there, as a re, as a result, not just of breaking the rules, but just of you because of your interaction with the subjects, there is such a vibrancy and an intimacy that that's lacking in so much family portraiture that's out there. Right, and I think you have to ask yourself, what's more important, the emotion in a photo or the you know the perfect technical aspect of the photo because if you see something but you're not quite ready to you know set your camera perfectly or or you know make the make the technical the technical aspects of it perfect you still have to I still grab it I grab mm -hmm. it regardless and so even if a photo is technically wrong I show it and you know people love it because most people don't know what's wrong with it they just see the love in the picture or the interaction yeah and um, one of the things I, I don't typically talk about on the show is sort of the, the technical stuff. But in this case, I really wanted to talk about your use of, of Photoshop because I think um, a, a good number of photographers who are in, into digital see uh, Photoshop as a way of fixing mistakes that happen in the camera um, right. rather than just an extension of, of their vision in terms of what right. they want to achieve in your photo, photographs. And I see that in, in your work. Your images are not obviously quote-unquote photoshopped, but I do right. see that you're using Photoshop as a tool to complete the vision that, that began uh, with the moment that you opened the shutter. So tell me about how you use Photoshop in, in that way. Well, I definitely agree with you. I don't like to fix things. So if, you know, people have asked me before, can you whiten her teeth or can you blow out my wrinkles or... Um, or if I've made a mistake in camera, a lot of people depend on Photoshop to fix those things. And um, I don't like that because I guess it's part of my film side where you take the shot that you want and you use that. So you're right. I do use Photoshop to kind of add to the picture and not fix things. Um, and so what I really like is just that color saturation and... I think that people's faces look kind of better, kind of blown out and whitewashed a little bit. Eyes pop out and their lips pop out and the blemishes kind of fade away. So I just like to um, go on. Like I don't like, I see, when I'm taking the picture, I don't see the color that's really there. I In my head, I already see how it's going to look when I'm done with it. Mm. So... Because when you're at the beach, you see the vibrancy. Or if you're at somebody's house and they have this great red couch or the kids have this great quilt on their bed, you see the vibrancy of all of that color. And oftentimes when you get your photo up, it doesn't have that same vibrancy. 
And so I just make it look how I think it should look or how it looked in my head when I was seeing it or taking the picture. When when you make arrangements to meet with a family, um, I was reading that sometimes you kind of have ideas um, before you arrive there or you may actually dream of 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 sort of a a setup. Um, Right. Tell me about that because for me that seems very challenging, particularly when you're working, working with a group in terms of, you, you know, a lot of family photography uh, is, is, is about stock. It's about cliche. It's about repeating a, a certain, you know, pose with every family right. that you photograph because you know that it works. But from reading that, it tells me that you're really into the unpredictableness of, of, of shooting a family, which I think to most photographers, including myself, is a bit intimidating. Um, right. But for you, you seem to thrive on that. But there is some sort of preconceived ideas that you are, are, are going into the situation. But tell me about about that whole process for you. Yeah, it's so funny because I never... Families intimidate every photographer. They all avoid family shoots like the plague. <laughs> and it's so funny because I've kind of gotten into it and now it's what I'm known for and now... Pretty much the bulk of my shoots are families, and I don't know if I could ever go back because you get so much out of a family. There's so much interaction and so much going on. It's so fun to shoot, and it's a lot actually easier for me because I don't have to work quite so hard to draw that emotion out because it's already there in front of me. So there's that whole thing that I love and I've gotten really used to. And then as far as um, constantly trying to think of something new, it just goes back to that whole thing of wanting to give this family something that's unique to them and not what they saw out of another photo shoot because I think that's something that a lot of people will do is compare themselves to the other shoots they've seen me do when they shouldn't because that wasn't them and their family is unique. And so I try to get to know them and um, put them in a place that fits them and like one time I was, I had a photo shoot coming up and it was actually a friend of mine who's a photographer and I was a little bit nervous about it and I wanted to do something really cool for her and the night before the photo shoot I had this dream of a photo with a heart drawn in the sand and family behind it. I don't know if I'd ever seen it before somewhere else um, but for whatever reason I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And I did it, and everybody loves it. And so that is one thing that I always do, is the mm-hmm. heart in the sand. It's kind of my signature thing. And I even have tried to move on with that and on different locations, um, like at a home, draw hearts with chalk on the driveway or out of Legos or something. So I'm still trying to make it a little different for each family, but there's that signature thing that I think is pretty cool, my little heart. I love that. So, um, yeah, I just really like to, I'm just constantly trying to think of something different for each family, and I think that is a, is a challenge, and it makes it really fun for me because it's, it, it doesn't make it static. I think you can get really bored doing the same thing all the time, and I don't want to get bored, yeah. so I'm constantly trying to make it fun. 
The, the first time I saw your work was when you did a portrait of the, Danette Rivera's uh, family. She's a friend of mine, and I saw the images on her blog, and, and then I linked on. And I thought those those images were just very striking. But one image that I, I particularly liked was one that you did of Danette and her husband, where uh, she's leaning up against the wall, and uh, and he's leaning uh, towards her. And it's a very, you use a, um, a very shallow depth of field, and you mm-hmm there's such an intimacy that exists in that in that image uh that right. I thought was really striking and I know Donette herself really loves that photograph but you guys um you were you were actually shooting in a public space because uh, I know I that normally you shoot uh, at a beach which is pretty uh, uh away from where a lot of people are but here you are shooting with people all around you tell me right. about that particular shoot and your choice to work in in that public environment well, I knew Jeanette also from her blog, and I really didn't see her family as the typical family who would want to be frolicking on the beach. She seemed a little more cutting edge, a little more trendy, um, and I knew her family could fit in a, a more urban environment, and I've actually wanted to try an urban environment for a really long time, and I just haven't had the chance to do it, probably for two years. And I've taken my own family out in urban settings, but never for um, a client. So. I talked to her about it, and she was game, and I was so excited. So we uh, ended up going to the Balboa Fun Zone, which is a pretty crowded area, and it was a Saturday. And it was really interesting because, you know, there's not only people around, but they're all staring at us, wondering who these people are and why are they here taking mm-hmm. pictures. And it, it actually added a lot to the energy, I think, and it, it fed me. I, I really kind of fed off of it, and um, it was great fun. It was just so fun to walk around and and go, oh, oh, let's go over there, or oh, 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 let's try this, and it was just like a candy store, a kid in a candy store. It was so fun. It was and it, it fit them so well. Yeah, it's very interesting, because it's a Saturday, but you don't, you feel like they have the whole place to themselves from the images that you, you created. Right, right. Well, I think the use of a really shallow depth of field helps with that, because you see people in the distance, but they're not the focus of the picture, and it seems like they're in their own little world. With, you know, even though there's this stuff in the background, and I just thought it was really, really cool. I, I have to say that was probably one of my favorite shoots, and I hope that I can replicate it in a different setting with somebody else. But just that we were all feeding off of each other. It was just one of those times when everything clicks, yeah. and it was really special. I'll never forget that hours I spent with them it was amazing how do you sort of breaking it down um, how do you start because particularly when you're dealing with you know a a large family you have the parents you may you have the kids various ages Um, how do you start do you start with a big group do you start with individuals do does it vary depending on the the vibe you're getting from 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 the family how's that sort of work out I usually do start with a family group shot because kids tend to get kind of sick of that. They're over it pretty fast. So I try to nail a couple good family shots right at the beginning. And then I break up and I say, okay, let's just go play. So if we're at the beach, um, I might just, you know, walk around with them while they explore the tide pools or um, walk down the beach and tell dad to put somebody on their shoulders or something. and. I just try to get them playing, and then 
that gets them more comfortable with me also. And so in between all that, I'm taking shots here and there, and then I might say, oh, oh, let's do this, so why don't you two stand right there, and I'll see things as they're happening and make them stop and do it again, or or I see light, and I'm like, oh, let's go over there. So it's really just, it kind of evolves as everything happens. Mm. And if I see the kids getting tired or not happy, I don't ever, ever want to force them. So I might pull them to the side and just let them get quiet for a minute and um, talk to them and get some of their shots alone. Um, and vice versa, if dad seems to be kind of getting irritated with the kids, I might pull him to the side and just do some shots to him to give him a little break from the stress of all of it. Yeah. So it's, there's really not a set, um, you know, pat format that I use. I really just kind of go with the flow and work with what I have mm-hmm. in well, the moment. One of the interesting things is is um, your your blog. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of photographers who have, uh, you know, websites where they do, you know, show off their images. But you have this which really is a, a sort of a personal photo blog that you created where you not only post images, but you post comments about your your own personal experiences with your families and, and also about the, the different shoots that you're doing. And okay. I want to hear about how you, you kind of started that, but, you know, I, I'm kind of curious as as to how much of an impact the, the blog has meant for your, your photo business because... Um, I think it's probably either intentionally or not has has the result of being a great entry into your way of of working that so that potential clients can not only get a sense of what your pictures look like but they have a great sense of what you're like to work personally as a result of just going through your blog. Right. No, the blog was a total accident. <laughs> I started it just as a way of um, keeping in touch with family and friends that live far away and posting pictures. Um, I also work in the scrapbook industry, and so I thought it would be a cool way for my friends and family to be able to see my work in that. And then, actually about a week after I started my blog, my daughter was burned really badly in a kitchen fire and was in the hospital for six weeks. So. At that point, I used the blog strictly to update people on her um, her recovery. Every day I'd post what was going on at the hospital. So people heard about it, and people in the scrapbook industry and, and tons of friends and family heard about it, and I was suddenly getting 5,000 hits a day. Wow. It, I was totally stunned. And um, then after she came home, I just kept using it as kind of my family blog, my personal blog. And um, I wasn't in business at that point. And this was only a year ago. And I was doing shoots here and there for my friends. It was mostly, you know, I was a, a hobbyist. I was taking pictures of my own family and my own friends and having a great time. And then suddenly I had all this popularity online and my blog was getting more and more popular and it was awesome. And people started asking me if I was going to, if I would do shoots with their family. And so I did a couple, and then I realized, hey, I'm going to put it out there and see what happens. And shockingly, it has snowballed into this great business for me. And um, I, my, my first job is a stay-at-home mom. And so 
I'm at home with the kids every day. And then I get to go out and do something that I love. And I get to give people this gift of, you know, being able to see their family the way I see their family. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it gives me so much. And I feel, I have, I'm so honored that people let me into their life the way that they do. It's just, it's a great experience, I think, on both sides, for them and for me. Yeah, and it's amazing, so, it's amazing uh, seeing that it, uh, you're in demand so much that you're already booked throughout the rest of the year. Right, but the big part of that is because I limit my number of shoots every month. I only do three or four shoots a month because I can't really do more, and I don't want it to interfere with my family life too much, so... You know, I, I kind of decided how much could I be away from home, what was worth it to me, and how would we make it work out. And so I just made a plan, and I think people really need to do that, is make a plan. And what, what, what can they do that, doesn't, that won't overwhelm them? How many people, so I just made my plan. How many people who approach you are just uh, approaching you directly as a result of, of seeing your images on, on the blog as opposed to uh, direct recommendation? Um, I would say that it's probably 80% from the blog that I get my clients or I get interest. And then I have had a few clients that have been amazing and have recommended me to several of their friends that I've gotten work from that too. But my blog is definitely the key thing and it's just amazing to me. I feel like this has fallen into my lap at just the right time and it's been perfect for my life and I feel so lucky, and I'm in the process of, of building a real photography website. But for now, the blog has been working great, and I think it does help me get work because people see they get to know me from reading my words and reading about my interaction with my family, and um, they feel comfortable with me so that when we do have our shoot, it's like meeting an old friend, and I'm the one that has to get to know them. <laughs> so. Well, I, I think I think it's phenomenal that you've been able to turn that the blog into the, the conduit for 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 meeting your, your clients. I think most photographers wish they had the kind of response that you're having off of their websites, where they've spent you know thousands and thousands of dollars and hours trying to design right. this sort of splashy, very cool looking site. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like to end each episode on is uh, by asking a photographer who they'd recommend for the listeners out there to, to, to take a look and examine. And so which photographer would that be for you and why? Oh, gosh, one of my favorite photographers is an Australian photographer named Barb Yule, and she's Jinky Art online. And she inspires me so much. And If you like my work, you'll like hers. She, she works mostly with kids. She has a lot of colorful images. She does really fun things with them. And she just seems like a really fun chick to hang out with so definitely check her out well thank you so much Tara this has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today thank you well thanks for joining me again for another interview nothing else the interview with Tara just reminds me of what's what's possible when you just follow your passion so I want to thank her again for making the time to, to speak with me if you have any comments about this episode or any of the other previous episodes, email me at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a comment at thecandidframe.com. So until next time, 
This is Ivarian X Pirello, and this is The Candid Frame.